Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com for weekly updates about my podcasts, events, and more. Also, follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens and also at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And finally, join my virtual book club called Zibby's Virtual Book Club, which meets every other Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time until 3 p.m. and features half an hour of book club discussion, followed by 30 minutes of Q&A with the author whose book we've just discussed. You can sign up on my website, zibbyowens.com, under the virtual book club section, or even on Instagram under the link in my bio. I hope you'll find me in all these different channels and enjoy this podcast. The sponsor for this whole Labor Day Book Blast week is firstbook.org. Obviously, the pandemic is crippling education for millions of students, especially those in low-income communities. The widening digital divide and extended quote-unquote summer slide due to COVID is devastating. Apparently, 40% lack access to reliable internet and functioning digital devices they can use for online learning, making the need for physical books and resources to prevent further educational backsliding absolutely critical. Firstbook breaks down the barriers to education for children living in low-income communities by providing its network of more than 475,000 educators serving children in need with free and affordable new high-quality books, educational resources, and basic needs items through the award-winning First Book Marketplace nonprofit e-commerce site. They need your support to ensure these children have what they need to learn during this critical time. Visit firstbook.org to help I had such a nice time talking to Kat Dealey, who's the author of children's book, The Joy in You. She herself is the proud mama of two boys. Since 2006, she has been the host of So You Think You Can Dance, which has earned her five primetime Emmy nominations. She's also UNICEF UK ambassador. From 1998 to 2002, she hosted the children's program SMTV Live and its spinoff chart show CD UK. In 2001, she won a BAFTA Children's Award for hosting SMTV Live. She's an English television presenter, model, actress, journalist, producer, dancer, singer, and media personality. And I had the best time chatting with her. <gasps> Yay! I did it! <laughs> How are you? Oh, hello! Hi! How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for doing this podcast with me. Oh my God, you're more than welcome. Absolutely. Look, at, are those all your books? Yes. These, well, these are part of my books. They go all the way up oh. and over and yeah. But you've, and co- more in the closet. you've color-coded them. Yes, I have. <gasps> <laughs> oh, that's very, very, very organized. I'm slightly jealous of your organizational skills. I must say, I didn't do it all myself. My husband had like, (laughs) my husband and his business partner and his girlfriend, they were here for July 4th weekend. And I was in the process of redoing the whole thing. And they're like, let's all do it together. So everybody was here picking up books and, you know, it was a team. I love it. I hope you served margaritas or something like that, or did something to get it done faster. We did. We had a proper celebration. So good. Not to worry. (laughs) (laughs) Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks so much for coming on. Moms don't have time to read books. Your children's book is so precious. I love it. The joy in you. It is so adorable and just heartfelt. And oh my gosh, congratulations on on the children's book. Yeah. It was always an ambition of mine to write a book. I, I loved English literature at school and I had the most amazing teacher. And if I had have gone to university and life hadn't taken the turns that it did... 
I probably would have studied English literature at university. So it was always something that was in the back of my mind. And I'd love to write more, actually. And then I had my boys, Milo and James. Milo, who's four, James, who is two. And like any other mum, by the time it reaches the end of the day, I am frazzled, worn out, tired, completely inarticulate. I can't really string a sentence together. And I'm, 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 I, I just, I know what I want to say, but I can't actually get it out. And so the idea behind the book was, if I could say everything that I wanted to say to them in the most eloquent way possible, so have all the thoughts and feelings and emotions and ideas and moments and then top and tail it with love that was essentially what I was trying to create and have a book that you could talk about and you could discuss and it would open up conversations between you and your child too because I think it's so important to engage with them and you know, any ideas that they have or thoughts that they have actually talk to them and be as honest as possible, obviously within what's appropriate for their age and and things like that. But how I find my own boys anyway, is that they are very resilient. They are, they can cope with anything. As long as you tell them the truth and you're honest with them, the minute you aren't and, or you hide things or it's the unknown that scares them, I think, children. That's, that suddenly becomes the bogey around under the bed. So the more you can, and they get, and they get the vibe from you too when you're, when you're doing that, I think. So the more we can be open and honest and engage in conversations about our kids, whether that's about emotions or life or situations or whatever they are, I think the more it gives them the chance to be able to be empathetic when they get older and also reach their full potential as an adult too. You know, that's what you want. I mean, essentially we, we all, doesn't matter where you come from or what your background is, you want your children to be happy and kind. In the most simplistic, we all want the same thing, happy and kind. That's what we want. And we want them to be able to empathize with other people because I think that will create a better world than what we're living in right now. And I think everybody wants the same. When, when I first started doing the book, it was actually just going to be about boys to begin with. And then I started playing with ideas and talking to Random House. And they were like, well, this is silly. It, it doesn't matter who you are or what your gender is. It's, these, are, these are like big ideas. That, that everybody should kind of talk about, really. I couldn't agree more. I have four kids of my own. They're a little older, five to 13, but yes, happy and kind. Oh. Yeah, four. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm well-versed in the children's book world <laughs> and I'm very I'm reliant on them and grateful to great children's books like you at the end of the day. I'm a mess. So when I find a book that both I want to read and they say like, oh, read it, read it again, read it again. And I don't mind. <laughs> then that's like amazing. So totally. Um, and we've all, and I think it's so weird as parents, we've all got those books that touch us as well. Like that was the other thing as well. I wanted to write something that I loved reading, you know, in, in all of those, all of those great, you know, the, the giving tree and the wonderful things you will be. And, uh, you know, all of those type of books, How Much Do I Love You? By the, I, I'm a weepy nest by the Me end too. of the day. 
<laughs> I'm, I pull it out and they're like, read this one. I'm like, oh no, this is the one that makes me cry. And they're like, really? Let's try. And I'm like, no, every time I read this book, I cry. And then I cry. And they like can't believe that a simple book can like elicit the same huge reaction every time, even though I know it's coming. <laughs> I, know. I know. And you know exactly what's happening. But I listen, I think that that is a really important thing for children to see too. You know, I, I was not a big crier. I was not hugely emotional actually before I had my babies. It's this weird thing where there is a, you know how they say the day your baby's born, the mom is born too. And there's a definite, almost palpable switch that happens to you, I think. Yep. And it's definitely, it's definitely changed me, you know, in, uh, but in ways that I actually really like. I, it's definitely made me much more patient and actually much more loving towards other people as well. It's, it's interesting how much it changes you. Do you think it pervades your work life too? Like every interaction or mostly in the personal sphere? No, I think every single interaction, actually. I always feel a bit like now when I'm, even when I'm just out and about, you just never know what's happening in somebody else's life at that specific moment or time when you interact with them. And so I think it's very important that we, you know, we approach people with just a little bit of kindness. And I think, by the way, I think ourselves too. I think so often as women, we're the, you know, we're the carers, we're the sorters, we're the people who organize, we make things happen, we get things done, we split up fights, we feed people, we cook for people, we make... And I think that we could do with being just a little bit kinder on ourselves too. That is definitely, definitely true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, sometimes I juggle and I'm like, oh my goodness, what have I done with my day today? And you think about it and you're like, oh, we should be running this country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes though at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I didn't spend enough time with this kid or that kid or like, what did I really get done on my list to do? And I didn't do enough of this. And I don't know. I feel like you can easily have those metrics not live up to your expectations. So it's a, it's a matter, I think, of picking the right ones. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. And I think the kinder you are to yourself, actually, the more you get done. And whatever your moment is, for me, I love yoga. That's my thing where I move my body. I would probably have the body of a 76 year old I'm very stiff I'm not not flexible at all I've been doing yoga for 25 years and still I'm just like a regular person (laughs) I'm not like Madonna or anything like that but it makes me feel good it makes my body feel good it reminds me to breathe and it just gives my head a bit of space and whether yours is shopping reading a book watching a movie praying meditating whatever you want to do you find your thing And even if you take 20 minutes when you need to, take 20 minutes. And I think that's exactly what your book is teaching kids, right? Find your thing, whether it's dancing or wandering or anything they want. It's like, you know, you can't, you can't do it wrong. Painting, dreaming. Yeah. The line I loved the most in your book was right at the end when you said, if you ever lose your way or you don't believe you can, just look beside you. That's where I'll always be cheering you on and believing forever in the wonder that's you. That's so I know. Sweet. I it's love so, that. <laughs> don't even. And, and it's even better when James sits on my lap and he calls himself Jamesy. And I said, who's that? And he's like, Jamesy. And he's like, who's that? And I'm like, mama. Oh. I mean, I, don't even, I mean, like, I just dissolve. 
into an emotional puddle of a mess. But I do think that, listen, my thing, when I think about it, I think that small people are like little, they're like little seeds that just need feeding and watering and light on them. And then their brains kind of explode almost like trees and branches going off them. And I feel like the more we can stimulate them and try all different things with them, the better they are. Because either they'll find something that they really do love or they won't. But they'll, that, that's a life skill that they'll learn too. You know, learning to cope with something A, you're not very good at or B, you don't really like. That's perfectly okay as well. But I just always think like, what if Stevie Wonder had never played the piano? Like what if Tiger Woods had never picked up a set of golf clubs? What if Picasso had never picked up? And and there are millions of people out there that have not reached their full potential just because they haven't tried what they want to do. That's and why so I would, sometimes I'm like, what if I was supposed to be the most amazing sculptor, but I still have not tried to do sculpt? Like, no, what if? No, how would I know? No. <laughs> totally. Or knitting. Or right, something. Potholing yeah. or whatever it is. Like, and there are plenty of things, but just like, what if you'd never tried it? And so I feel just, the more we can throw at them, and I don't mean like exhausting them or anything like that, but try this, try this. It's something new. Let's try this. And and it doesn't have to be, they don't have to be Stephen Hawkins. You know what I mean? Like it could just be, I remember being a kid and a moment of joy that I remember was I was bodyboarding in the ocean, not surfing because I wasn't big enough. I was probably about eight, I guess. And I remember being in the ocean and the ocean's a little bit scary when you're eight, right? Because you can't quite tell what's coming where and how it's going to... But that almost adds to the excitement of it. Like, that's what made it so great. And either the wave that comes is going to kind of tip you off and throw you down to the bottom and roll you around, or it's going to send you hurtling into shore and you're going to squeal with delight and I'm going to race my brother back and it's going to be amazing. And I remember staying in the ocean until my feet were blue. Like I loved it so much. And I think there's even simple things like that. You know what I mean? Like I think, and I think that's one thing that we're all learning from being in the situation that we're in right now with the global pandemic. I think it's about finding the simple things that bring you so much joy. And and they don't, and it doesn't have to be. Yeah, you can learn a new language or you can learn a musical instrument or you could, or whatever you want. But it can be as simple as making the perfect cup of coffee or going to the ocean or whatever, making the perfect Victoria sponge cake, whatever it is. Like there are so many lovely things that you can do and it doesn't have to be brain surgery. It can be small and just, but really scrumptious at the same time. Totally, totally agree with that. So mm-hmm. how did, but how did you find, I mean, I think people who might not know you would argue that you did find your thing, right? You've been like a host of a major TV show. You've gotten all these primetime Emmy nominations and you're by any objective standards, you're like a success at work, right? You like have mm-hmm. that. So how did you find that? Like, how did you figure out like, oh, I would be such a good host for a reality uh, team, like dance competition show. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know like, yeah. what if other people would be really good at that? How would they even know? <laughs> yeah, no, te- and I, I do get what you mean. And it was never that specific. So when I was little, you know, you have those books when you were little where, the, where you have to write 
what you want to be and how tall you are and what and, and, yep. and you do different pages so it said what do you want to be when you grow up and I said I wanted to be Julie Andrews that was what I wrote at eight unfortunately Julie Andrews has Julie Andrews covered <laughs> needed to work that out that was kind of what I wanted to do and then I was quite academic at school I quite enjoyed school like I like studying and stuff but because I did have someone ask me a question of like well you know you're so lucky and you do what you do and you're so um, but I grew up in a very small town from working class parents who you know entertainment wasn't the family business there is no reason on earth why I should be doing what I'm doing, apart from the fact that I really like people. Like, and I don't care whether you're Beyonce or Meryl Streep. Like, I just like people. And so I love chatting to people. It's my thing. I like knowing. I like working out how they tick. I like conversations. I like how it's formed their life and where they've gone and how their journeys happen I mean that's part of the reason why I love the dance show too I mean some of the stories you hear you would think oh my goodness that would be enough to crush the human spirit and yet somehow these kids like not only survive and thrive and move on with their lives but they also channel the negativity and spin it around and make it positive and they put it all into doing this thing that they love that they have this amazing talent for that they have to I mean, don't get me wrong they have to train and they work and they do all that but, but so I think that you can find it you don't necessarily have to be you know born into it you know and it's what I said I come from there is no reason why I should be doing what I'm doing but I am and you know what? There will always be people who are doing better than me and driving Rolls Royces, and that's fine too. You know what I mean? Who, like, who I, wants a Rolls Royce, a Rolls Royce anyway? I mean, exactly. Unless you're going to yeah. drive it into a swimming pool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then so that would like be fun. A music video or something, but yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Oh, that's amazing. Well, do you have any advice to aspiring authors, particularly people trying to write a children's book? Oh my goodness. No, it would just, I, I don't have any. This is my very first one and I don't know. I would love to write more actually. A bit, a bit, maybe a little bit older next time. I have an idea for another book that's based on like a little girl who's a tomboy. And then I also have a very dark one, which is to do with babies and baby monitors, which is a bit gone girl, but I, 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 I'm not going there yet. But, very but cool. I have that idea too. But I, I love, re- I mean, my next book that I've got to read is Normal People. Have you read that? I'm I haven't read it yet. I'm embarrassed to say that I have not read it, but I have watched the show. So. Oh, and? So good. See I, see, I don't want to watch the show until I've read the book. Yeah. So I'm going to read the book first. The show is sitting there, like waiting to go for me, but I want to read the book. I'm always like, book first, then show, because otherwise you can't. I know. I usually am too, but my husband wanted to watch the show. So I was like, I'd rather do something with him. Fine. There. Let's blame him. I'm going to blame, blame him. him. Yes. What's but I name? have had, I've had the book for a very long time and I'm embarrassed that I'm like the only one in the world who hasn't read it. So I haven't anyway. either though. What's his name? What's your husband's husband? name? His name's yeah. Kyle. Right. Blame Kyle. Yeah. Let's name Kyle. check him and blame him. Yes. I blame him for everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, did it take a long time for you to write the children's book or did you just sort of like pound it out in one day or what was it? What was it like? No, there was lots of backwards and forwards. There's lots of backwards and forwards. And sometimes I also disappear down a hole a little bit where I got an idea. But for instance, there's a, uh, there's a line in the book, which is dream as big, as big as a night full of stars. And I, I started to then research what the biggest thing in the universe is. And it's called like the Barriolus, blah, 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 blah. And I, I, and I, <laughs> I just, I disappeared that, down this hole and, and Random House said to me, you do know you could just say a night full of stars and that would bring you back to where you started to begin with, but you disappeared into the abyss of the most enormous thing on the universe. I was like, yeah, fine. do you just need to get you know what it is it's that thing of there's so much backwards and forwards because sometimes you need to be accountable to people as well and and it I think it always helps to get people's opinions too because you think that writing a children's book is so easy but there's there's so many layers to it and what you're trying to say and how you want to say it and where we're going next it's quite tricky, but it was a lovely, lovely experience too. Lovely experience. And what's coming next in terms of, and then I'll leave you alone. I know I've taken a lot of your time, but what's coming next in terms of like your regular life versus your book life? Like, do you know with the whole pandemic, what's even on the So, screen? no, I don't really. So essentially what's happened is Milo has been off school since March. So that's six months of homeschooling, which has actually, I'm lucky, Milo is four, so I don't have to teach him algebra and Latin. Like, I've taught him to read in the time that we've had at home, which is lovely. I would never get the chance to do that normally, ever. So it's really special. And then James is two, and he's got all these cute little, he's like gabbling, but he's got all these weird, like, little peccadillos with his language where he's like, mum, 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 dinosaur wax. Dinosaur wraps, mum. There's some dinosaur wraps. And it's like, got this, which is like the cutest thing to, and normally I would never get the chance to hang out as much. And, and they want to, they're at that age where they want to hang out with me. It's not like I've got two teenagers at home where I'm thinking, oh, you know, they've not seen their friends. And so I've actually been really lucky. So then Milo goes back to school in September. Um, we do all the press for the book. We're doing like worldwide press as well. And then when the pandemic hit, I was shooting a new show for Disney. So we shot about five of them. So we've got to wait and see when we can go back into the studio and protocols and all that kind of stuff. So basically, it's just a big wait and see, essentially. So I think like everybody, right? Pretty much. How have you been? Have you been okay? Oh, that's like a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> how old, you know, how you old, don't want to know my whole story. But <laughs> how old are your children? Five, seven, and I have two 13-year-olds. So twins? We've all, twins, yes. Wow. Yes. That's and my, a very full house. It's a no very school. full house. They are going back to school. So at least I know that's happening for at least whatever, a month or two until they cancel it again. At least I'll take those mornings that they go back. But by the way, I think they're going to do the same here too, because yeah. it's actually like my four-year-old doesn't understand social distancing, you know, and then they're going to go back and it's going to be flu season. 
Exactly. We're all going to get runny noses. We shots today, actually, because our pediatrician was like, the getting COVID and the flu, forget about it. So anyway, yeah. got our flu shots done, you know, but yeah, I am not overly optimistic about this school no. year, but at least, you mm-hmm. know, at least for a little bit, but anyway, but like okay. you, I love talking to people and finding out what pe- makes people tick. And so I'm glad to have been able to do that with you and get to know you better and all the rest. So thank you so much for all of your time. Lovely to talk to you too. Thank you so much. Lovely to chat to you. I'm so jealous of your books on your wall. Oh, well, you know, just uh, invite some friends over. Invite some Give friends them and, uh, yeah, you can. You'll get it done in no time. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Kat. I wish you all the best. Bye bye. Bye, darling. Stay safe. Thanks you too. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks so much to firstbook.org for sponsoring this Labor Day Book Blast. Please consider giving to firstbook.org to help their network of 475,000 educators serving children in need. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thank you.